0: Hey, it's Neville Medora here, and today we're going to be talking about this stupid email, which means swipe, thought, uplifting, picture, interesting, and do-over. It's Friday, November 5th, and let's get started. So here's an interesting swipe. In 1969, this is how the famous McDonald's Big Mac was launched. You know, the Big Mac, the most famous sandwich in the world? Well, it says, McDonald's introduces Big Mac, a meal disguised as a sandwich And the Big Mac at the time was quite large for a hamburger. Most hamburgers were pretty small, and this one had three buns, a bunch of cheese, a bunch of sauce, a bunch of pickles, a bunch of lettuce, and two patties. So it was a big, big meal combined into one sandwich. And it's kind of interesting how they promoted it like this. It's very simple. I love that tagline. I love the image they use. It's just a picture of a Big Mac on a black background and very little text, and that's it. And uh, this became one of the most popular sandwiches in the world. Love the simplicity of the ad. Here's a thought. So behind the scenes, I've been involved with some political stuff lately, and I'm always bugged by how laws are written. So if you want to look up a law in your city or federal level, whichever, you have to read through these giant documents, and they are written in just insanely complex language. For example, if you are in charge of a city and wanted all the XX taxes collected at the end of the year to be equally given back to all the citizens, it would be buried in a big document, and it would look something like this. And it says something along the lines of, Section 9.4.14.b. In the causal event of an aforementioned budget exceeding the totality of taxation intake on the last day of the year, the city shall hereby grant an equal distribution to all citizens no later than a present time as decided by the council. So this section 9.4.14 can easily get looked over or buried or manipulated because the words are so crazy and the taxes that are collected might not actually get distributed. However, in the future, when things are more trackable and everything's more computerized and digitized, there's an easy way to code something like this. So a simple example of code that would take any surplus tax and equally distribute it would look like this. And I'm not going to list it out over here, but it basically says, if tax income is greater than spending, then send the surplus divided by citizens. So the number that you send to, to the citizens and... Um, and that's it, that's the whole thing. So if that snippet of code was somehow embedded in the accounting program of the city, it would run regardless of human approval. So it's kind of interesting that language can make humans do stuff, and code can make computers do stuff. And now as we are able to track human behavior a lot better on computers, we can kind of use code to do things that previously only language could, which is kind of exciting. Here's something kind of uplifting. Um, these are some quick copywriting course numbers from October 2021, last month. So um, let's see. Th- this covers tweets, blog, email, and members area. So real quickly, uh, I tweeted 134 times. I had 29,800 profile visits, 372,000 impressions. Meanwhile, over on the web page, we had 142,000 page views and an average time of two minutes and forty seconds on page. Pretty good. Um, we sent about 625,000 emails. Uh, received back 851 emails, and in our members area, we posted 43 different videos, had 105 different wins. Uh, there's a 1,208 posts, 2,000 something reactions, 171,000 words, and 741,000 characters. Fun times! Uh, jump in the members area if you if you want to get your copy reviewed, or just learn more about copy, or watch other people go through the process, which is very helpful. And here's a picture. Now, this was a very neat experience. Uh, me and some buddies had dinner with Peter Thiel in LA. So Peter Thiel is this famous investor guy. He was the one who, he started PayPal uh, with Elon Musk. And then he also uh, helped, uh, was the first like fundraiser for uh, Facebook. So he got immensely wealthy off of all of those. And he's a pretty well-known contrarian to things. He often is known as a contrarian because people have opinions about something and he'll always have like a different opinion. So we bought dinner with him for a fundraiser a few months ago and the schedule's finally aligned. So this week I'm hanging out in LA for the whole week and we all met up at an Italian restaurant in Brentwood, California, and we had a private room set up. There was definitely private security around, which is kind of interesting. Uh, We went outside and we thought there was another guy there uh, for the dinner. And we're like, are you here for the dinner with Peter? And it turned out to be one of his security guards scoping out the restaurant an hour beforehand. <laughs> and, uh, and there was several of them. It's, it's kind of crazy. Like, this guy just looks like a totally normal guy, but has kind of, you know, this security detail. Um, it's interesting. So I originally thought I would share some things that we talked about, but truthfully, he was so gracious with his time. He was so engaged in his conversation. Um, He never checked his phone. He spent four hours with us and it felt like a closed door friends kind of thing. And I honestly felt a little weird listing out everything he said here. Imagine you were talking with one of your friends and you had this great conversation. And then the next thing you know, on Twitter, they listed out every single thing you said, including what you thought about certain people and all that stuff. So for that reason, I'm just not going to do it. I don't know. I, I feel really wrong doing that. So he speaks extensively on YouTube and other platforms about a range of topics. So if you are curious on Peter Thiel's thoughts about most things, um, those are freely available. He speaks pretty openly. And from you know what I heard behind closed doors, his opinions were about the same. So for now, I will refrain from saying much other than that he was intensely smart. He has an unbelievable recall of facts. And he seemed like a totally normal dude that just blends into the crowd. But he's this famous investor guy. It was kind of interesting. Like, for example, we were talking about China and someone mentioned like the one child policy. And he knew exactly when it was implemented, all the rules around it, all that he had thoughts on it. But just his his recall of facts like that was was better than a normal human. Uh, I mean, this guy was definitely smarter than most people I've ever met. It's super interesting. Um, here's something interesting I saw also. This is what a computer sees when you upload an image or video to any social network. So you think that you upload an image to Facebook and it just stores a dumb image, you know, on its servers, but it's actually not what happens. So at scale, Facebook has to moderate things like adult content and violent stuff and things like that. So you're at, your image is actually categorized and tagged with hundreds of different labels and keywords right away, including geolocation stuff, if you allow it, and all sorts of different things, like what kind of... Um, uh, the the size of it, what type of device you're using, and this happens in around 800 milliseconds or less, 0.8 seconds, and allows the algorithm to decide what to do next. So I uploaded a random picture of me on a laptop, speaking into a microphone, just just blank stare to the side, not not happy, not sad, nothing. And instantly, what happens is I'm using the Google Image API to test this out. It analyzes my face. And it has different factors like joy, sorrow, anger, surprised, exposed, blurred, headwear, all that kind of stuff. And it has a 98% confidence that I am none of those, that I'm not joyous, I'm not sorrow, I'm not anger, I'm not surprised, et cetera. And so it knows right away what the tone of your face is, which is, I don't think most people realize it does that right away when you upload to pretty much any network. Um, The algorithms then try to categorize items and features inside the image. So on this one, with a high confidence, it says computer, personal computer, laptop, green public address system is 86%. So when it says public address system, I have like a professional microphone. Um, It says I 86% sure have a beard. (laughs) Um, And so it says things like that. It categorizes all the different things in the video and the actual list of items that it categorizes was uh, maybe about 100. And then the next thing, it determines how safe the image is. And this is very important for social networks, right? You don't want to allow anyone to upload just porn or something like that. And then it's just gets shown on Facebook, right? And so it detects different things. So it knows with a high degree of confidence, uh, uh, confidence that is unlikely that there's any adult content in this, that there's um, not really any medical stuff going, like surgeries or gross stuff like that. Uh, there's no violence. And it says it's mostly unlikely that there's nothing racy in this photo, which is kind of funny because there is nothing, but (laughs) it thinks that potentially there might be something racy in this photo, which is hilarious. Anyways, all that stuff goes on behind the scenes when you just upload an image to pretty much any social network and you just have no idea. It's kind of neat. So this one is instead of drawing, it's do over the D. So let's do over some copy over here. So I did over a little Twitter exchange that happened, which is kind of interesting. So the world's rich man, currently Elon Musk, was frustrated about some articles saying that the World Food Program was saying that if Elon Musk just donated a 2% of his wealth, $6 billion, he could solve world hunger forever. And so on Twitter, Elon Musk is kind of known for like retorting these types of silly articles. And he said, if the World Food Program can describe on Twitter... Um, sorry, he said, if the World Food Program can describe on this Twitter thread exactly how $6 billion will solve world hunger, I will sell Tesla stock right now and do it. And he has his, uh, you know, he kind of does what he says. So he's potentially willing to give $6 billion if they can just simply prove how they're going to use the money to solve world hunger. And the head of the World Food uh, Program responded on Twitter with these lame-ass responses showing that he basically has zero plan. So he says, I can assure you that we have the systems in place for transparency and open-source accounting. Your team can review and work with us to be totally confident of such. This was so stupid because all he was asking was, he said, on this Twitter thread, which means you can do unlimited tweets, explain where the money's going to go. And so I actually rewrote what the head of the World uh, Food Program, David Beasley, should have done to keep Elon on the hook and accountable. And it would basically say, hey, Elon Musk, here's a rough breakdown and 2.5 billion food costs, 1 billion infrastructure, 1 billion equipment. Essentially giving a really, really, really ultra high level overview. And at the bottom say this, we are compiling detailed numbers and we'll report back tomorrow. If he had just said something like this, they could have taken 24 hours to say, hey guys, let's come up with a plan. Do we have a plan? And of course, here's the thing. You can't just give someone $6 billion to solve world hunger, right? The, the way that you solve world hunger is by you making countries independently wealthy so their residents aren't getting handouts, but rather earning their food all the time, right? But these uh, some of these organizations always say like, oh, we just need more money to solve world hunger, when in fact, it's not a money program. In fact, the World Food Program got more than $8.5 billion in, in funding that year. So if they could just solve world hunger for $6 billion, they should have just done it, right? Um, so the guy keeps trying to rope the world's busiest man, Elon Musk, into meetings on Twitter with lame responses like this. Um, so David Beasley responding to Elon Musk saying, instead of tweets, allow me to show you. We can meet anywhere, earth or space, but I suggest in a field where you can see the, the, our people processes and yes, technology at work. I will bring the plan and open books. But it's like this guy could have just, if he says he has a plan and open books, post pictures of it on Twitter, dude. Like this guy is blowing $6 billion right now. And everyone's just lambasting him saying like, oh, you clearly have zero plan. So less than 240 characters of text could have secured $6 billion. And this guy just totally blew it. Anyways, uh, that is the Friday stupid email, which of course means swipe thought, uplifting, picture interesting and do over. So it's Friday, November 5th, 2021. I hope you have a great day. My name is Nelma Dora. Talk to you later.